Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah Marty's that's in the middle. Right. That's right. Marty's oh, Marty's too. Oh, okay. I'm this sorry. This is great. Whoa. No, okay. I love it. I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. And I'm Carlos. And we're the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi podcast where three friends explore the best works and everything in between the world of Asian cinema. And you might have noticed that a certain hero is not present at the moment, and that's because Marty was called away on a, a secret revenge journey he had to take on his lonesome. So this week, we have Alex with us. Nice. Thanks, thanks for having me again. And um, first off, I just want to say good riddance to Marty. Um, <laughs> he shouldn't have tweeted... <laughs> He shouldn't have tweeted all those horrible things about the Danish people. I just want to. Oh go yeah, that's right. Say, Marty got canceled. I forgot. I, I just want to oh, say man. it's a yikes for me. Um, <laughs> I don't endorse that, and I'm also taking over hosting duties on Underscore. So me and Will are coming back next week. We're gonna do Empire <laughs> of the Sun. Uh, uh, and Marty is actually banished uh, to do swim fans, and um, until he learns what he he learns from what he did, and um, he can come back to a podcast that people actually listen to. Um, thank Ooh. you for the. Uh, oh hey hey all right heavy, all right. Thanks for that. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this for this opportunity. <laughs> I don't know. I, might, where to I think go. it might be here. I think it might be heroes too in a second. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said your podcast gets more listeners than ours. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. It's pretty close. I, I've seen the numbers on swim fans. I, mm-hmm. I assure you, you guys do. You guys do more. <laughs> hey, I think it's about quality over quantity here, guys. Yeah, I guess we got quality that's, fans. That's what we're dealing with right now. I actually had my. My own theory about why Marty isn't around. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he told me he was going to visit this house, and then some <laughs> oh, weird yeah? stuff started happening. <laughs> I tried to call him. Just as you run after him, yeah, and I just not, couldn't uh, quite get there in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a cat noise involved. <laughs> and actually, uh, uh, li- <laughs> uh, listeners might listeners that are paying attention might notice that Mike wasn't on our Inframan episode and we said he would be on and I think he said he was going to that same house <laughs> oh man we yeah. should go to that house and check on them. <laughs> so we'll go to that house after we record this episode. Yeah, right after this. Yeah, yeah I'm, getting, have... I'm actually getting a mysterious phone call right now. Yeah. Oh, cool. I should do what it says. <laughs> so if you couldn't tell with all of that, we're talking about 2002's Ju-On the Grudge, which is, of course, the, the film that was later remade into The Grudge in America two years later. So... Yeah, we're taking a little look at some J horror, which uh, is which is cool. Well, uh, I'm sorry. What year did it come out again? It came out in 2002. 2002. Okay, so the we're original, all yeah. we're all uh, uh, playing Tony Hawk and listening. Yeah, to exactly. Eminem. Okay. Nice. Yeah, exactly. I got my, I got my I, head in the right spot now. <laughs> I put my I put away my Jinko jeans and, and put on <laughs> put on put my on my really tight album. Yeah, exactly. So. 
Oh, I have another theory, and it was that we were doing a scary movie, and Marty didn't want to watch a scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably actually what happened. That's, That's got to be it. it so. <laughs> uh, we miss you, Marty. Yeah, yeah I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, me too. From beyond the grave. <laughs> and if you are listening to it, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure he jumps to head like five minutes. <laughs> it just just gets to the good stuff. You know? <laughs> So yeah, we we actually haven't taken a look at much horror aside from Oily Maniac. That's but, debatable. Yeah, that is very debatable. And I think that J-Horror is a really cool it's almost like a time capsule. It's oh, totally. very, you know, late oh, 90s, 100%. early 2000s. And um I would say, you know, the kind of the king is The Ring. And just standing next to that, or maybe creeping behind it, is uh, <laughs> Juan under the Grudge. Its bed. Yeah, and uh, Takashi Shimizu uh, is the director that we're talking about today, and um, he actually kind of came up in similar to when this J horror thing was going on in Japan. There's kind of like this, I would say, like a digital cinema like uh, boom. And mm-hmm. you you had a lot of directors that were kind of using, uh, I guess, the home market as kind of like a test ground or kind of like this, I don't know, training mode for experimenting with like some fun ideas. And uh, Takashi Shimizu actually put a lot of work in, especially with this kind of this subject in horror where it's kind of like this based on like a ghost story which you kind of see in a lot of j-horror actually and um he originally made like two short films that were included in like a compilation series that are kind of horror themed and um that's called Gakko no Kaidan and actually it was like a tv drama version of it called Gakko no Kaidan G which is like kind of like it's called like school ghost story and um from that he made like two like straight to dvd like movies of the grudge called juan the curse actually you can see those on youtube and um (laughs) he kind of made his own like kind of narrative using this these ideas that he had and and actually it reflects a lot in the film that we're covering today because they're split up into chapters like almost like little vignettes focusing on each character that the story kind of blends together and in the original movies he kind of did the same thing so it's actually pretty cool because he ended up remaking it for juan then he made like a sequel and then uh sam raimi brought him to the states to remake the film so he he remade the movie like three or four times (laughs) (laughs) and in in each take he kind of changed some things and kind of expanded the narrative so actually if you kind of watch each of these on their own and you can kind of get to see his evolution as a director and kind of his evolution as a storyteller um you kind of get this big picture of a horror film using lots of different characters that even though maybe these some of the characters don't recur there are definite callbacks to uh these stories and i i think it's really really cool how he did it and it's cool to see how it was accepted in the U.S. almost as like a new kind of horror. And um, I remember my wife and I watching 
this <laughs> film like when it came out and i don't know something about it like really really got to me it was like one of the scariest movies i'd seen <laughs> up to that point and actually a funny story that my wife and I, every time we went to bed, like maybe for like the rest of the week that we watched the film, we actually put on the Katamari Damashi soundtrack, <laughs> which is like counteract this. kind of the <laughs> most like poppiest, like happiest kind of the tension. album that you can think of. Yeah, just to help with that. And revisiting for the podcast, I, I didn't get those same... Uh, emotions out of it yeah but yeah. I, I i definitely um enjoyed it again in a different way especially kind of covering more ground watching all these different versions and i actually have to shout out my friend uh chico he's kind of like the super like j-horror buff and actually the super kind of v cinema what v cinema is like the the term that they used for the digital like home market cinema back yeah. then i think he it knew what up. uh guinea pig was oh he knows respect. everything yeah yeah <laughs> and um when i think of j-horror I, I immediately think of my friend chico and actually it's funny i didn't get into it as much i think because he knew so much like i could just like absorb that information from him <laughs> like he, he would just tell me about everything and i'd pick and choose like stuff that i was really interested out of it but i didn't get super into it because i knew i could rely on his information I don't know, but uh, so yeah, had you guys seen this film before we covered it? Uh, yeah, I I watched it in, in college in kind of a marathon with one of my friends who was similarly similarly super into J horror, um, nice. and I actually had this one because I've never seen the American one either, uh, mm. or I've never seen the American one. I had this one confused with um, it's the one with the kid in the water tower. It's like mm. dark water or something. Okay, sure. Uh, I think yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, that's Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who is actually like homies with Shimizu. Actually, he's the guy <laughs> that um, actually invited him onto that compilation film. Did he do a movie called Cure? Um, we don't. We don't have to look this up now. <laughs> it's not yeah, super important. I'm um, not exactly. I know he did uh, Sweet Home, which is like a oh, movie the, that I would the love. The NES of. game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, it, I would it's love actually to called cover Doki that. Doki Panic. And, uh, <laughs> 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 um, uh, but I watched this in a marathon. And, yes, um, he did do Cure. Oh, okay, cool. That movie's actually that movie's actually pretty cool. But yeah, I watched this one in a marathon and had it always confused with a different one I'd watched at the same time. <laughs> mm. I get that. Yeah, and you know something like. Like we met, I mentioned the ring, you know, like the character of Sadako and the character of Kayako in this film, mm-hmm. you know, people that maybe aren't as familiar with the genre kind of conflagrate them, put them oh, together yeah. or something, yeah, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. And they fought was... each other, right? That was a movie. Dude, yeah. There's like a Sadako <laughs> versus Kayako film, which is like... Is, is there really? Yes. I saw it listed during my research, and I was awesome. like, oh, f- off, man. Oh, can yeah, I swear dude. on this? I'm sorry. Oh, whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll figure something out. All right. <laughs> it's... It, yeah, it's really funny. There are like some funny pulls. There's a Juan game for the Wii. It's like a <laughs> Yo, it's yes. like a haunted house like simulator where you're using the Wii mode as a flashlight. So the thing about that is that Takashi Shimizu directs that game. 
Oh, <laughs> which cool. is really crazy. Yeah, but all it's right, kind of so, cool that he like has that much kind of control over this, uh, I guess, mm-hmm. property. Like the yeah. it's it's yeah, you know, and that's a cool thing too. I watched I watched Jew on the Grudge and the American Grudge in the same day. So nice. <laughs> I dedication. So I um, it was really cool seeing like how similar they are and how they differentiate in different ways. And, and it was really cool that the, um, we'll get to it of course, but the, like the, the family, the cursed family that becomes like the, the ghosts are all played by the same people in the American grudge as they are, even the little boy, which I thought oh, was wow. kind of crazy. Oh, but yeah, awesome. it's all the same. It's all the same actors. I think it's really, really cool that Sam Raimi was like, you know what? You direct. The I got film. Spider-Man you, money. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it, it, what he what he said was that the horror that that the what he really liked from Juan when he was watching it was the direction of the film, and when he wanted to bring it over to the states, he's like, okay, even though language is a barrier here, uh, I want him to direct the film because it's the direction of it that I think made it work, and uh, he was able to bring uh takashi shimizu over and uh redo it and i i think that's really cool and yeah using uh the family and actually kind of it's like he just puts easter eggs and for the people like for the fans of his work i mean in regards to juan i can't really speak to his other stuff but um he puts so many little things in that if you're familiar with it, you're like, whoa, even though this is completely unreal, that's exactly what happened in this other movie. And I think that's really cool. There's, um, I think it's even in the trailer for The Grudge 2. There's a scene where there's a girl hiding under the table and she reaches up top because her phone is ringing. But instead of grabbing her phone, she grabs like the foot of either like Toshio or, or Kayako. And um, that's actually like going back to like one of the first like movie shorts. It's called like 444444, which in <laughs> Japanese four is like she, like death. Four, four can mean death. So it's kind of yeah. like a bad omen number. Mm. And um, when uh, you look at the phone, you know, it's saying like death, 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 death is calling <laughs> you, <laughs> which is really cool. And actually, um, Jay Z album, maybe death is calling you, probably. Yeah, <laughs> that that scene actually is from one of the first Juan Curse films, not from that four four four, but it's the same thing. That and even in that is a callback to the short. But it, the thing that's kind of cool about that is in Juan the Curse, that scene, the student in that scene is played by Chiaki Kuriyama, who is Gogo from. Kill Bill, Gogo, oh, uh, the yeah, girl, yeah, cool. yeah. ball and chain. Um, so it's kind of cool to see her so young in a role, and then you know she would kind of go on to do that. And um, I think she she was in that because of her role in uh, Battle Royale. But yeah, it's it's really cool. So I I mentioned Juan the game for the Wii. There was another <laughs> game connection that I wanted to mention. Alex, have you ever played Last Bronx on the Saturn? What? That sounds so familiar. So Last Bronx is like uh, the Virtua Fighter, but with weapons. So it's like their kind of answer to Soul Edge. So it takes place like in a futuristic city, but it's like all these kind of punks and stuff. Did, so um, did that have an arcade release? Yeah, yes, it did. I may um, have we, emulated the arcade version. 
Okay, nice. So, <laughs> Takashi Shimizu actually directed a live action film of that movie, <laughs> which is、Ow. like super, super random. And that、He's、was like expand on that lore. Right before the,、uh, the he he did his work with、uh, Juan, so yeah, there's a lot of weird connections here. But yeah, okay. So as far as being sidetracked, that's fine. But I think we should really get into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was interesting. So <laughs> thanks. I'm glad you thought it was interesting. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, I guess let's get into the movie itself. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. I guess DVD in this case. Well, I mean, not so much because this was the first theatrical release of this work. We're gonna read、oh. the movie poster. Oh yeah, yeah. you're gonna read the movie poster. <laughs> What's、it's、the tagline? It's, it's fun. <laughs> There's a creepy kid、it. in this TV. Juan, the curse of one who dies in a grip of a powerful rage. It gathers and takes effect in the places where that person was alive. Those who encounter it die, and a new curse is born. A family torn apart, a tragedy that transcends the living world, a grudge which consumes all. Within the walls of this tale are the lives of those unfortunate enough to enter a fateful home. There is no escape. Prepare for a new vision of horror from the mind of Takashi Shimizu. Juon. I have to say, the Wikipedia article for this movie is maybe not too very helpful when it comes to recapping the movie because、oh, someone、nope. decided to take it upon themselves to be like, "Oh well, we're gonna do it back in chronological order, not the order that the movie's in." And it's like, "Oh,、well, what?" They, they、yeah. probably did that for a reason, but <laughs> yeah, I think they do the same thing with、um, Gaspar Noé's Irreversible, which、um, don't watch, but uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you if you put that into chronological order, you you miss the Entire point of that. Also, if you、yeah. read about that movie,、um, don't don't watch it. <laughs> I haven't heard of it, so I will. Yeah, I will don't、not. just don't look, don't Google it, don't do anything. Don't say it. Don't just just, just 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 move right on. <laughs>、um, have you seen that movie, Bye Bye Man? Oh,、uh, I have not. I've seen choice、it's, clips from the Bye Bye Man. It's pretty dumb. It's I'd say it's worth a watch because it's pretty dumb. Uh, uh, Trinity's in that, right? Yeah, she is. That's a goddamn shame. <laughs> she is a national treasure. Yeah, I, that's、great. that's what I was thinking the whole time watching. It's like, oh, you're so much better than this movie, <laughs> Trinity. <laughs> come on. <laughs> But that's oh yeah. Actually, speaking of、um, late '90s crushes,、uh, in the the Grudge, we got Buffy as a main character. Oh yeah,、so、oh yeah, yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. That's we'll get there. So this movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the movie's kind of like it's out of order. So like it starts off where you see like clips of like the the horrible whatever that happened at this house, and then、uh, then we get the first story, which is about Rika, this kind of like social worker woman who has to go to the house, and it's I、uh, I the biggest thing that I kind of took away from watching the original and watching the Grudge. Is that I really like how much slower paced Juon is as compared to the American remake? Because like this first scene's really quiet and like、mm-hmm. whenever stuff happens, it's not like there's not just a bunch of big loud scary noises. 
and like the, it gives chance for everything to breathe and everything yeah i think yeah i think that's definitely kind of um i guess it would be like a cultural thing you could say almost where um in a lot of japanese film especially like j-horror like this i think it's more about the atmosphere mm-hmm. and about kind of the the build up towards the finale of the film and they really uh yeah it, it it's very quiet it's a very quiet film and you don't get a lot of jump scares and i think that the jump scares that you do get are a lot softer than what you'd expect in an american film mm-hmm. yeah and i i love that because it it really like whenever they do happen then they feel like earned mm-hmm. and they feel like they actually you know will actually scare you and like the first reveal of uh of kayako is like actually was legitimately pretty scary whenever mm-hmm. I saw it because I like I knew I was gonna see a scary girl in all black or whatever, but <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't expecting it whenever it whenever it happened. So and it had a nice nice build up. Oh, uh, and opening on this like uh, I guess not opening on the house, but like having one of the first scenes of the movie just be this completely just disgusting house. Like um, the implications <laughs> of yeah. that are also just kind of like unnerving like something had to be here to make this um so like this it's it's just like a, a mostly empty completely trashed house or or completely normal house if you live like me um <laughs> that uh, there's nothing but a cat- catatonic woman in uh there's there's something really really deeply unnerving about i think there's also something really unnerving about old people living alone mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so that kind of that that's a that's a mood to open up with that is yeah a mood yeah that's great uh rika here she's yeah like you said so she's put to task here because apparently the social worker that takes care of this woman um hasn't been around and uh when she shows up in the house she's kind of left to clean up and uh this old lady who's like super awesome this lady that they have cast here oh yeah Um, yeah she's perfect yeah, she has like perfect distant expression and she's just like almost motionless the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so uh what happens here is she's kind of helping this woman and she's led upstairs into the house, which as the film goes on, you could almost you almost feel like the house has a character of itself, but it's definitely I th- I think it's just Shimizu doing a really good job of kind of giving you a sense that the curse, the ju- the juan, the grudge that's taken over this house b- based on this kind of family murder is like seeping through the walls and like it controls everything mm-hmm. and anyone that's involved in this house. So no matter what, whoever's in this house, eventually they're going to end up upstairs and that's when all the bad stuff's going to happen. So rika here she is led upstairs she kind of finds this photo that's like all tore up and it's kind of one of these horror tropes where it's like a creepy or actually like a happy photo but it's in a creepy way because like it's been defiled yeah yeah the the face of uh, one of the people in the photos been removed and um she's going upstairs and like there's you know a sound leading her somewhere and she ends up in this room and there's like a really creepy like closet that's like been taped up and um she almost survives the horror trope of like all right i'm just not gonna even deal with it but then, <laughs> I, I like that the device that keeps her is like an animal noise which is like 
oh no an animal oh, no, like every, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kitty yeah. everyone's your cool. human weakness Yep, you're going to be sympathetic towards an animal. And she opens the door, and you see the cat, and it's actually really, like, cool, pic- like, still, of the cat just chilling there, like, I know what's going to happen to you now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think that this camera work here is really yes, nice because... I love the pan. It, yeah, yeah, you see the... Um, the cat and then you see her and it pans over and then you see that there's a child in this closet and he's holding the cat and it's like holy crap what's going on here <laughs> yeah and so she uh, uh she runs down and kind of like feel like hey did you know there's a kid in this house and the woman just doesn't say anything ah <laughs> oh, she's that really like it's one of those things where that simultaneously seems like easy but it's probably actually really hard to yeah. just look so like distant and and like over it almost, <laughs> but that's he. She calls up, and I do like that. That um, as horror tropey as it is to like you know to go into the spooky closet, she does immediately call someone and say like, "Hey, something weird's going on." Instead of like, "Oh no, nah, I'll figure it out." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go back upstairs and just we're gonna see mm. what happens. I'm gonna walk backwards into this room. <laughs> <laughs> Let's split up. We'll cover more ground. Yeah, shortly after that, you get a moment where uh, the house phone rings and you hear a voicemail from a woman. And actually, this is kind of a cool little device here. The 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 yeah, yeah. the way that he handles like moving the narrative around is really smart, I think. So there are little details that you can like pick up on. I think the phone calls kind of more obvious device here because later in the film when they focus on another character you find out that that's lining up with this scene right here and she's calling the house leaving a voicemail for the family that lives there that we'll find out what their fate was but uh another little detail that i kind of like is that in this scene the the old woman uh sachie i believe her name is um, you see that her hair's really grayed out, and when you see the scenes later on, you see that her hair isn't as gray, and that's like something that you wouldn't really notice right away. But if you're a fan of the movie and you're watching it, watching it, then you're like, "Oh, that's cool." He paid attention to that little detail, mm-hmm. and it kind of actually relates to the trauma that she's dealing with because it's not that far uh, along from when you see her, like when they move into the house. Yeah, that's you that's see the thing that kind of got me in the movie is like, oh, most of these only happen within like a couple of months of each other. It's not <laughs> like years and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after she calls the um the social work office, uh she kind of interacts with the young boy. And um I I love him too. Here he's like kind of looking through the bars hanging over like the landing, the steps going down to the first floor, and he answers her when she asks him his, his name. He goes, Toshio. <laughs> and it's really good. And that's actually one of the things that I would like joke with my friend Chico. We would just say, Toshio. <laughs> the same way the kid says it. And actually, I, he does it in the American version, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he does the same thing. And that kind of blew my mind that that's the, it's the same child actor for mm-hmm. that because because the whole point is that he's super duper young so like, yeah well, we, ha- the, we had does to he make... look different i Same. i don't know you don't i mean not, not noticeably at least yeah yeah really there, like if, if a... i look put them up next to each other then it'd be like oh well he was four in this one and he's six in this one but like he's yeah, just a little boy yeah. in creepy makeup for most of it so <laughs> uh yeah, the makeup really gets rid of those uh, uh aging wrinkles yeah that's true um 
you see his, I think you see like like the year he was born at one point and it says like 1987 and I I was like oh this must have happened to, or he must have died a long time ago and then I was like oh wait no this movie wasn't this movie was made in like 2002 like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no he wouldn't he actually wouldn't be that old yeah yeah, yeah that, that little kid's probably just a little bit younger than I am so yeah isn't that messed up <laughs> that's I'm what I dying. think of every time I every time yeah we're dying more every day we're gonna be a ghost next <laughs> and speaking of ghosts we finally get the look at at, uh, at the ghost here cause she goes back downstairs and we see this like shadowy like apparition over the the old woman and get like a great the great cut of like just her eyes opening up oh yeah and there's a couple of times where the eyes almost look a little silly like the way yeah. that she's opening up, but this this one's really it's pre- pretty effective, I think. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to yeah, one thing I wanted to really say is that the woman playing Rika, her name is Megumi Okina. She's I, there's like a trait for like female in, females in horror. Like sometimes there's like this weird thing. I mean, maybe this is just me, but I'm like. <laughs> Some actresses kind of have like an appeal when they look scared. Not like she looks really good, like with like a scared face. Like she <laughs> she holds like oh, a yeah, really yeah, like yeah. real like fear in her face when she's like reacting. And like right here, there's like the shot where she kind of you can almost imagine she gets like the hair standing up on her neck mm-hmm. when she turns and just feels like something in the room. And uh, yeah, the look on her face there is like so effective. There was a, see, I, I was thinking a, this was like a a thing that I just thought, but but I remember seeing, um, I think it was Bryce Dallas Howard was on like Conan O'Brien, and they were talking about this exact thing, and she was saying how she can kind of just cry on cue, and how like they were saying like me, like she's like in a way like more like attractive when she looks like like she's crying, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she like demonstrates it <laughs> on the show. <laughs> yeah dude so that's kinda... the uh, scream queen that's why uh, all of yeah, Jimmy Curtis's early movies are horror films that's the word yeah. I was trying to, was trying to than, figure out the word prom but yeah. night but yeah great yeah yeah that's totally what's going on here yeah. oh absolutely with, uh, yeah. Rika's character yeah mm-hmm. so she faints <laughs> yeah yeah she just, I, I, I thought that was interesting touch because she just faints she doesn't, she doesn't get horribly murdered at least not yet and and we go to the next scene, which whenever I first watched it, I was kind of like, "Wait, what's going on? Like, who's yeah? yeah who are these? Who are these people? <laughs> Where are we now? Yeah. What year and is and it?" And I like, yeah, it's it's cool because it doesn't it it doesn't lead you like it doesn't play it it actually treats the viewer with a lot of respect and lets you kind of put these pieces together as the film goes on. Mm. And actually, there's a bit of that in the uh, American version of the film too, which I bit. really like. Yeah, it's, I know. it's not. It, it holds your hand a little <laughs> bit more than I would like, but it definitely does. And it kind of turns into kind of almost this the the horror tropey like detect. The main character becomes a detective, mm-hmm. and they're like you know mm-hmm. figuring out what what exactly happened, which is like uh, not as much in this film, and I think. If you watch like all of his stuff, like you kind of understand what's happening. But I think that this movie doesn't fail for not showing you actually what happens. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 good. And what we get here is you're you're starting to see what 
what the fate of this family is that's moved into the house. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll be honest, and I'll 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 show my hand right now. Uh, uh, I couldn't place all this stuff into a timeline. Oh, <laughs> and I kind of I kind of um I I guess at a certain point I stopped kind of trying and just kind of let the movie uh uh sort of wash over me in mm-hmm. in kind of like a, a a Lynchian way of um <laughs> the the actual specifics of what's happening when aren't that important. Mm. as much as it is happening yeah it's happening it's all around surrounds this house just 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 take it just enjoy it yeah 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 i like that doom house yeah and you you still get you get everything out of the film without having to do that detective work or you know kind of try to stay ahead of the movie Mm -hmm. you know sometimes a movie will give you a clue and then your detective brain right away is trying to say like oh no this is gonna happen or and, and it doesn't it doesn't give you enough to activate that part of your brain yeah so the next sequence i guess of the film is we get to see the the family who like the the couple that was taking care of this grandmother in the house it's just kind of she's showing her just in a living a normal day her her husband's like a like kind of the, the typical like salary man kind of japanese businessman goes away you know comes back late at night and she starts she sees like the like these child's handprints on like a door and then eventually sees the the cat that we saw earlier and that that's one that one did get me whenever you see the cat and then the kid's <laughs> arm just reach out pick up the cat and take it away yeah 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 <laughs> yeah right here we get to see uh i guess the more iconic toshio that people would see actually I th- yeah the the main image of the movie, like if you saw a movie poster, is of Toshio in this kind of grayed out paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie poster is really cool. It's like this really saturated blues and reds for the film poster. Yeah, yeah the whole it's series dope. has has really good posters. Mm-hmm. That feels like um, completely tangential to the dis- for to the discussion of the movie itself. But um, fucking <laughs> sorry, I swore again. <laughs> uh, fantastic poster. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So uh, the wife here kind of follows the trail. Again, we're going upstairs into the house. And uh, slowly but surely, she makes her way into a certain room. And it kind of does a really cool like cutaway. Like, oh, and actually, this is kind of more of like a typical horror thing where you get just the reaction mm-hmm. to something happening and then not showing it. And actually, I think this is that's probably the most American horror kind of feeling that you get out of this film is that right there mm-hmm. and uh what ends up happening is they cut to later in the night where katsuya the main focus of this chapter returns home and he witnesses the i guess the house being a mess and actually that's a little thing too where um the the wife thinks that it's sachie the older woman the mom that's causing the mess trying to get her attention but mm. it's actually toshio the kid just kind of causing trouble <laughs> as a little kid usually does and mm-hmm. um katsuya kind of sees what's going on he tries to talk to his mom and she's basically catatonic and here we go again he makes his way upstairs and what he finds is in this room this fateful room uh kazumi is laying on the bed and she's like in uh like a frozen state she looks like frozen in fear and um he can't get a response out of her and she's 
you can see like it, she almost looks like she's trying to tell him or warn him and uh he's like i'm gonna call the ambulance and but before he's able to he's distracted by toshio and there's a cool shot actually yeah the the um this movie was shot on location it's this house is a house so um oh cool it's like a real you, house that do they do tours no i don't know <laughs> i i do know that there was like some kind of kayako attraction like some kind of haunted house that they were doing in japan for a while i don't know if they still do it i'm sure they do something similar but yeah <laughs> it's like a theme be... park and a woman dressed uh, uh as her comes out to scare everyone vegging <laughs> a break room where there's just a bunch of women identical <laughs> the hair like taking a smoke break there, there there's just like a, a table where they're signing autographs <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it also makes me think if this is like a real house do they do they have like or like an or if it was like a airbnb of a cursed house <laughs> there's like all these like Ooh, horrible that's a, reviews oh that's, that's, great. that's a horror movie. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the haunted airbnb the haunted airbnb and there's that's all the these reboot. reviews yeah <laughs> and i think last year at magfest we might have been in a haunted airbnb <laughs> Dude, are you serious? You, yeah, you we kept... took me to that house. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cursed. I don't, I don't and know, 365 days exactly. later. Exactly. <laughs> uh, nice. So yeah, Toshio <laughs> pops out, and uh, this is another one of the things that you see is when Toshio will open his mouth in this ghost form. Uh, you'll hear that the cat call. And yeah, it's, man. If I saw hey that, hey girl, in my house, you look. Yeah, no, you wait. beat me to oh, it. Yeah. You beat me to it. I was gonna make that exact same joke. No, wait, joke. not not that, not that kind of cat call. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey baby, um, where you going? <laughs> that's too good. <laughs> right after Toshio like kind of does his thing, you see that Kazumi has like this the death rattle. She gasps her last gasp and. uh it looks like she passes away. And just as that happens, then you see Katsuya kind of freaking out. And he does kind of this hand gesture, kind of chewing your nails thing. And I think this might be my favorite shot in the film where you see, you almost see like the curse go over him or him yeah. being possessed yeah, yeah, by yeah. this yeah. curse. It's like the lighting like changes mm-hmm. over his it's face. It's super yeah. good. It's it a, looks it's a like thing it's you just... see in anime a bit where like it'll like turn like, <laughs> the, the, it'll like get dark and the shadow over them. Yeah, so it's really yeah. cool seeing it like in a in a more like real life context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great because it's a uh, it's a slow shadow being cast over him and the timing of his gesture changing is perfectly timed with it. So now we get to see another character and this is uh, I believe it's Katsuya's sister that's showing up and. Um, she finds an empty house. Well, uh, there's nothing going on in the house. And um, she goes to see Sachie. And, of course, Sachie doesn't really react. She has this creepy turn. She, like, turns around. And um, she ends up... <laughs> Here we are again. Like, she's... Well, she doesn't get led upstairs just yet. But she's in the house. So you know something bad's going to happen to her. And you see uh, Katsuya taking Kazumi into another room and then she's kind of creeping up the stairs and then boom another kind of scary moment where you see katsuya stand sitting on the steps kind of agitated and he kind of just shoes her away oh yeah no that's that's a 
again, it's the subtlety. Like you can, it's he still looks the same, but like he's just like a little off mm-hmm. from what you saw before. And you even saw that he was kind of like, kind of like a silly, kind of you know, fun guy in the the couple of scenes we saw. And now he's like dead serious and and being a. I think I wrote in my notes he's being a total creep or something. To that <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he walks up to the upper floor and that's kind of all you see you get a little tease of kayako here Mm -hmm. and the big thing is that he's kind of repeating to the sister like it's not my child it's not my child yeah and and i like it too because that's kind of it's again like you're saying it kind of gives you hints about like what's actually going on like why what the nature of the actual uh ghost is Mm -hmm. and in the american grudge uh, later in the movie they basically just like oh Here's what happened in this place. <laughs> oh. and, and here's why. There's why there's, there's a curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love when a movie um, gets like a poor test screening and they have to go back in and, and just completely explain to the audience what's actually <laughs> happening. Um, it rules. It's great. Uh, it's great. <laughs> uh, uh, my my uh, co-host for my podcast, Craig, always... Uh, his explanation for every horror film is yo a witch hung herself here and like the <laughs> oh, further yeah, nice. a movie can get away from like just telling you that the better it probably is <laughs> so so shout outs to the grudge <laughs> yeah yeah nice i would so the, this is me again uh, saying like shimizu really does pull from all of the movies before that he's done so in uh jew on the curse and jew on the curse part two they do go into the murder and you do understand like why everything's happening and they mm-hmm. do pull a lot of that material to use in the grudge but it is another thing like you said where it's like all right as a director he kind of learns that he doesn't need to do all yeah, that but then yeah, yeah. in the american version they do make him do all that again mm-hmm. <laughs> i can get that too though because he's probably thinking well i explored this in the other ones but like i'm you know, this might be yeah. my, my one big movie in America. So, so you, mm-hmm. yeah, you, I can understand like for like rebooting the series, maybe mm-hmm. like go back and establish that same stuff again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For but sure. like, I didn't want, I haven't seen the two movies that came out before this, but I, I, I think I mostly got the gist of, of what I, what <laughs> yeah. I, I missed in those other ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. Like it, it, it stands on its own. You don't need to know all of that. Mm-hmm. But these are like, like I said, I would say like Easter eggs for the people that are kind of absorbed in his work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we're getting to, I think, my favorite chapter of the film. Yeah. And they're focusing on Hitomi. Yeah. Hitomi, which is the sister who we heard. It, we heard her leaving that message earlier in the movie. And now we see the other side. We see her calling on her cell phone, leaving that same message. Yeah, it's great. And she was just in the house we saw a second ago, but she ran away. So now we get to see that the, the, the curse lives not only in the house, but wherever wherever anyone who's been in the house goes, it, it follows. That's a you different one. You can't escape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that movie. Hey, I like that it good. follows. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you get this uh, kind of chase situation, I guess you would say, where... You get a creepy feeling and you're like, oh, I got to get out of here. Um, so you start moving. And then uh, what happens with this is that uh, he told me kind of tracks down a security officer mm-hmm. and asks him to check on some stuff. There's a really cool scene before this where she goes to the bathroom, which is a funny <laughs> like, device for yeah. a horror film. And she kind of drops. 
she gets a creepy call on her phone mm-hmm. and then she drops this little cute charm on the ground and when she goes down to pick it up you kind of see kayako creeping out of the next stall which is like I don't think she washed her hands after she left that bathroom, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of gross, lady. Yeah. Just, Jesus, uh, uh, I know you're a horrible monster apparition, <laughs> but... You're most vulnerable in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of like v- places you're vulnerable kind of uh, where mm-hmm. Kayako shows up, and this is, this is the first uh, big one. I think this chapter definitely taps into kind of these kind of scary things from when you were a kid because mm-hmm. um, you've got her kind of running from an unseen horror and this kind of anxiety that somebody's after you. She ends up in the apartment all by herself and um, then she kind of gets this false hope that Katsuya's gonna come and help her out but I guess basically she ends up letting Kayako in because she sees Katsuya in the peephole of the door but then when she opens the door there's nobody there so it's like oh crap I thought I was safe but I'm not safe one (laughs) right before that though one of my favorite shots in this movie is whenever she's going up the elevator and you can just see Hoshio like in the window oh yeah yeah that was super cool and they do that same thing they do the same thing in the grudge but I again it's the way they do it in this one is like you just see it and it's not like there's not like a sting that goes along with it. I, I, I was going to ask, if, is it like, uh, is there like a thoo noise every, like every floor? So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like a little thoo noise. Yeah. <laughs> every time. Every time. Yeah. Like, Seven times. Like, yo, by, by the third one, it's not scary anymore, man. <laughs> mm. oh, man, great. So <laughs> I, here's, here's, that's okay. No, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Here's what I love. You know, she like what any 10 year old would do is crawl under the sheets <laughs> yeah. of their bed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm so yeah. scared. Right. And there's a really cool moment here where she turns the TV on mm-hmm. and the TV like slowly distorts into this grotesque image of the reporter mm-hmm. on it. And she freaks out at that. And then she kind of. And the girl crawls through the TV. No, wait, that's a different one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. One step away from that. Okay. So like for real, <laughs> she turns the TV off. And it's like a cardboard TV with like with like saran wrap in the background for the reflection. And I was like, oh, something's going to come out of that TV. Uh, something scary is going to happen with that TV because it's fake. It's like a it's like a prop TV. And then nothing happens with it. I was like, why didn't you just use the actual television? That's some next level stuff, man. That's, they got you. I was screaming. That was the real horror. <laughs> the real horror is bad set dressing. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It's like, oh, and they can't oh. go back and fix it. Mm. <laughs> but then, sorry, but then you're good. But then Nothing we see, to apologize for it. We see Kayako, uh, show like basically just kind of pop up underneath the uh, the blankets that she's covered. Mm-hmm. And I even wrote on my notes: the girl appears under the covers. That's against the rules. <laughs> That is against the rules. You're right. Nice. <laughs> you can't cheat like that. <laughs> this is where I'm safe. Oh, no. <laughs> so now the, the next segment starts off with the the boss at like the like the home care, whatever center uh, shows because Rika went in and never came out. Just like another the other social worker. So now he's going in to, to check out the. To check out the situation. <laughs> probably a good idea. It's probably a good idea. 
<laughs> He's crazy tall too. Like I don't know. Like that's not really an important plot element or anything. I was just like, that dude's really tall. <laughs> that so that was a thing that I was wondering. So this is like in Japan, right? This is a Japanese house, and this is actually a pretty cool looking house. I don't know uh, where it lands in like cost of living in regards to like because it looks like a fancy house i think yeah but like i wonder like stuff is a lot more compact in living spaces in japan Mm -hmm. so i wonder if maybe he looks so tall because the house is a little bit smaller than what we're used to uh seeing here in the west Mm -hmm. but yeah he he definitely kind of stands above everyone else Mm -hmm. and um i like though when he comes in he's goes to greet the old woman who's like frozen dead like with her hands on her face <laughs> and he doesn't immediately recognize that he's like oh hello how are you and he's like oh my god yeah. <laughs> it's like dude just look at this lady she's like contorted in fear <laughs> um <laughs> so he yeah he sees her and then he reels back and then it's revealed that rika is still in that spot right there kind of catatonic but you see her kind of respond so then it kind of jumps to now we have like a police situation where they're investigating the deaths here and there's a really cool device that actually is pretty horror tropey but i kind of think it's cool where they get the uh number from katsuya's phone and they call it and they realize that the phone's ringing in the house Mm. and it here we go again it leads them upstairs and then (laughs) (laughs) what you find is it's actually coming from the attic and the two investigators here uh open the attic door and creep up and you see uh katsuya and kazumi uh both dead up in the attic yeah Mm -hmm. pretty rough so rika is still alive she hasn't she hasn't succumbed completely yet but She's in the hospital, and the investigator comes in to kind of question her. And I, I love the the way the look of the investigator guy. He look, mm-hmm. he just, he just looks like a Japanese cop, you know. <laughs> he's got like the mustache, he's got cop and, face. Like, he's got yeah, it's got co- good cop face. <laughs> you could also see him in like a yakuza film too. Yeah, just the way. The way he carries himself and the way he delivers his lines. He's never reacting really dramatically. He's kind of like, he's got this cool energy, mm-hmm. but he, you always kind of seem like he's putting things together. The thing that I like here is, um, you know, he's asking her about uh, the kid that uh, she saw. And he's like, he's like, yo, girl, this, this family didn't have no kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he he's says, like, too. What? He says it in English for some reason. That one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he tells yeah it says you know they didn't have any kids so you know they're not sure what actually happened like like well why did you see a kid then and he then contacts uh the person that worked like the the murder case that happened at that that uh that very house uh years earlier And and i like it's one of these things where it's like Everybody died that worked on the case, except for this guy. (laughs) I'm like, all right, I'm done. You guys got any other work you want me to do? Because I don't want to do this one anymore. (laughs) Yeah, they they research what happened a little bit, figure out that it was about a man who killed his wife and then then was hit by a car whenever he got outside. Well, so even even the lines... 
Right, the the lines here refer to like what I was talking about in the other movies. So when they like actually show like the the murder of the family and what happens to Takeo, the father, it's like straight out of what so like he he ended up killing uh Kayako and Toshio and and even the cat, he kills the cat. He kills the cat. <laughs> that's like one of the first oh, things yeah, you see that's... in the movie is him grabbing yeah, the cat. Yeah. And I was like, No, get the cat. <laughs> That is, you see the, so, the hand grab. Yeah, that's messed up. It is. Yeah, yeah. And what what happens in the originals is that um, Kayako's obsessed with a teacher. And in the American film, that's Bill Pullman's yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. They... And in the Japanese original version, um, uh, Takeo, the father, kind of finds out about this and he kills them. And then uh, Kobayashi, the, the teacher, goes to the house and like you know like the 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 normal like juan stuff happens where she shows up and everything but but what happens is he meets the kid and then um uh takeo calls him from like a payphone and uh what had happened was that kobayashi's wife was pregnant and then he calls kobayashi and says like you had a daughter and he's like what are you talking about and it's like he killed the dude's wife and like removed the baby Uh, it's like really so it's like actually like so one of the things i was gonna say is in a lot of j-horror films there really isn't that much gore and actually in this film you don't see a lot of blood mm-hmm. and but when you do it's pretty effective yeah mm-hmm. so yeah like um, the end. yeah 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 and so in those original ones it's not as elegantly handled <laughs> <laughs> so Straight it's video, like i said you gotta, you gotta start somewhere he's like literally in like a blood smeared phone booth and he's on the phone oh, no. and it and he's got like the fetus in his other hand. It's like a prop, like baby. <laughs> it's messed up. Oh, and then that is schlocky. He... Yeah, it's really bad. And then what happens is like he's got the baby in a bag, and he's like in this rage, walking down an alleyway, and he's just like slamming the bag everywhere. And it's like, dude, like it's so messed up. But what ends up happening Did you let to Takeshi Takeo... Miike direct that section? <laughs> yeah, it does kind of feel like something you would think like a Miike would do, and um. What happens to Takeo though is like he he's doing that in the alley or in this road and then all of a sudden out of like some trash then you get Kayako but it's like she's wrapped up like when he murdered her and Kayako ends up killing him in the street and that's like the end of his like story so um even though they kind of just gloss over it here anybody that watched all of those and I was like oh that's what they're talking about mm. it's kind of cool yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe I Maybe I should have shouldn't have just jumped into the third one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's fine, whatever. But yeah, so now we're kind of in investigation mode, and um, that leads uh the two detectives to like you said the other guy that worked on the case, and this is a man named Toyama. Yeah, and he's like this kind of cop, like you know, yeah, I, I put up the badge, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm retired. Yep. I like to hear I don't they, work for when, the police anymore. <laughs> when they introduce him, he's interacting with his daughter Izumi, mm-hmm. who would who ends up playing a character later in the film as well. Yeah. So um, Ghost Boy, really cool. I haven't heard that name in ten years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, you get a short scene following this where you see uh, Rika's boss. Well, I mean. You're you you understand that he's dead. 
mm-hmm. right? Because he went into the house, but you never see him die. But what you get here is one of the assistants at the social worker's office. Um, he's going to wash his hands in a sink, and then he sees under the sink <laughs> that her boss is like wrapped up like a pretzel <laughs> underneath the yeah, sink. Pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I think is kind of cool about that is that uh, the guy playing the assistant is um, a dude that I think we're going to be seeing a little bit more of. And I would say that he's going to maybe even show up in the next episode oh, of the podcast. Maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Uh, so now, so the, yeah. now the officers are and the uh, Yuji Toyama, the, the, the retired cop guy, are kind of looking at some footage that we had seen, like, like CCTV footage that we had seen earlier of the like the the shadow like grabbing a guard and and dragging him into a room and so i love that yuji does what everyone kind of wishes people would do in a horror movies and he goes to the house with two big old the uh, two big old tanks <laughs> full of gas and yeah yeah he's spreading yeah. it everywhere <laughs> i was like Lighting thank you <laughs> finally someone with some sense yeah. That's that's like that's my favorite bit in um, Event Horizon. Yes, whenever whenever Larry yep. Fishburne's like, <laughs> we're gonna they play the tape of what happened to the previous. And they're crew. like, we're gonna shoot every single bit of missiles that we have at this thing. Blow it up. We're getting off of the ship immediately. Oh, I love that's it. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that movie. That movie's actually that movie is secretly great. It, yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, I like it. It should be better than it, it is. It should be better, but it's but still pretty it's great. great. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's uh, directed by the good Paul Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Shots that's fired. funny. I'm, I'm, jo- I'm joking. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson is an exceptional <laughs> filmmaker. <laughs> um, the Mortal Combat, the Mortal Combat movie is yeah. pretty good. Sorry. Oh right, my God, right. I'll stop talking about this. <laughs> no, that's definitely Heroes Three related. Go for it, man. It's basically Enter the Dragon. It is. It's it's like <laughs> a, the perfect distillation of like what a video game movie should be. It's like uh the it's a fighting tournament in the game, so they they set the movie at a fighting tournament. Yeah. This isn't yep. difficult. Why does every other video game movie try <laughs> to like spice it up? You know, like just. That's <laughs> kind of it's, it's kind of like it's, a Ouroboros thing because it's like. Well, Enter the Dragon's basically a video game movie. Yeah, for oh, video totally. Games. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they made a game based on the movie, and now it's a movie mm-hmm. based on the game based on the movie. And it works. Hey, it worked. It's, it does. It's great. That's definitely uh, a future episode of the podcast. Probably. I don't, oh, I don't know oh. where, but we'll, we'll watch. Yeah, the, I've got I'm looking plans. forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, be sure to watch <laughs> the uh, 45 minute uh, animated movie prequel uh, before you dive into that one. It's I, I will. I didn't know <laughs> oh, such a man. thing existed. Uh, it's a special feature on the Blu-ray. Um, it is almost completely unwatchable. I highly recommend <laughs> it. Might have to have some friends over for that. But uh, if you want to, if you want to not have friends anymore, invite them over <laughs> to watch uh, Mortal Kombat: The Journey Begins or whatever it's called. Can do. <laughs> Dude, Sorry. I feel like I had that VHS tape though. The the movie or the prequel? <laughs> the animation. Oh man. Yeah, it I'm hasn't sure it hasn't aged well. They, no. they, there's a combat code they give you at the end of the of the <laughs> video. It's not even a real combat code. One of those symbols isn't even in the game. Oh, I will stop talking. Oh, oh no. my god! Wow. Sorry. 
combat codes. Cut all that out. <laughs> Cut all that out. <laughs> I'm normal. Oh, uh, man. All right, let's so talk about Toyama. The Grudge. Yeah. So, yeah, Toyama, he... Um, <laughs> He's he's pouring all of the gasoline everywhere, but he gets distracted because he hears like he hears something in other parts of the house. And this is a really cool effect where like he's seeing like it kinda into the future, I guess. And Yeah, it's like you're getting like a time travel sequence in the middle mm-hmm. of a movie that's messing with time to begin yeah. with. And it's really cool because it's night, of course, whenever he's in the house. But whenever he's looking in, like, the rooms where it's, like, the vision of the future, then it's lit up, like, daylight. So, like, you'll see the light shining on him. And they do that in kind of a cool way in the American Grudge. But it's, like, a flashback instead of a a flash forward. Yeah, and I would say that they kind of... They kind of do a thing where they almost combine Toyama with the the lead detective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's kind of more streamlined and it works in a way. Mm-hmm. They actually don't address this like little like vignette at all, mm-hmm. like with the teenage girls. I think they allude to it, and I think in the sequel, man, I should have watched the sequel. But anyways, I, th- I think <laughs> they disappointed handle it you didn't, scene. dude. I watched like all of this stuff before <laughs> we did the podcast. I watched like the shorts, I watched the two movies, and then I watched. The Japanese and the American version. Of this. <laughs> I watched the, this movie like two hours ago. <laughs> nice. I, I love like, that. I can't say everybody's, I've never done that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's brain works differently, right? For me, I have to like pound everything into my brain, like, and I have to take a million notes. Like that's that's how that's, I work. I don't know. That's how I normally am, but I just I just didn't have the luxury of of uh, <laughs> a, a open schedule in order to to do it. Yeah, no, I got you. So, um <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um yeah, so Toyama sees a girl and you do hear them call to her and you hear that her name is Izumi, but this girl is much older than the Izumi that you've seen. And um, it leads him upstairs. Here we go again. <laughs> he's not burning the house. He's distracted. Mm-hmm. And then he sees like these uh, schoolgirls in the room and um, they're all in the house having fun. And Izumi has left. And you see that one by one, they're drawn to a side of the room. And then you hear a horrible scream, of course. <laughs> and that's the end of that kind of flash forward. It, it but do what happens, be like that sometimes. It do be like that, yeah. <laughs> and um, now the the lighting fades away and you're seeing like what Toyama has to deal with now. So this is really cool. You finally get to see uh, Kayako the you know the the horrible ghost that plagues everyone that enters this house mm-hmm. and she's doing the kind of kayako what people know it's almost like uh this kind of creepy crawly yeah. movement mm-hmm. uh, and there's this and gross like she's cracking noise and she's moving yeah. her arms around yeah it's real good Ugh, it's good it's very cool yeah and actually i read that um the actress Fuji, I forgot her full name, but she's kind of like a contortionist too. Oh, like, cool! So she's oh really wow, yeah. good casting. Yeah, she's she's doing and like yeah, she's she's Kayako through all of these different versions of the film. I think up until the second Grudge, it's always the same actress, and uh, after that they change it up. But I mean, her That's facial expressions, yeah, yeah, because you think you, you know, can kind of just paint anyone gray and give them a big. Uh, 
messy yeah. wig to cover their face. They did not yeah, cast her it, for Sadako versus Kayako, unfortunately. Oh, never. <laughs> oh, I hate this series. This, I feel betrayed. Doing, like, <laughs> she's doing like wire work, flip kicks, and this stuff. This is like, this is just like when movie. they didn't bring Kane Hodder back for Freddy versus Jason. This is the same thing. Yeah, crying shame. Yep. <laughs> a little harder to replace Freddy... Robert Englund, though. So, yeah. that's a uh, Ronnie Yu joint, man. Our dude from Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. Fearless, that is a Hong Kong uh, same yeah. director. That's... I forgot it was him. Yep. Um... Oh, that's wild. Yep. <laughs> so, so, so next week, uh, Freddy versus yeah, next week's Freddy versus Jason. Jason. I'm Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Marty. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Actually, so, I worked uh, on my Marty voice for a while because uh, I was going to try to imitate him for the intro, but we didn't go with that bit. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm. Uh, Kayako is uh, creeping down yeah. the stairs, <laughs> and actually, Toyama, as freaked out as he is, he ends up kind of yeah. Escaping. He actually is able to run away, but the the cops with him are not as as fortunate. The, yeah, it's funny too because the cops show up. At, like, the worst time to show up in this situation. <laughs> and they just basically do a swap where Toyama's like, see you later. And Kayako just like, all right, I guess I got to kill these guys. And they just sit there. You know, like, the... huh. <laughs> Look at that creepy lady. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have come into yeah. work today. I'm not tired not supposed days. to be here today. <laughs> so the next segment is called Izumi. And we see the now uh, in high school Izumi. Uh, walking along with her friends and we realize oh that's the that's the same person that we saw in those weird flash forwards in the room and by we realize that i mean i didn't really realize that until until like a couple of minutes ago we were talking about it because <laughs> i, I nice. was just kind of confused about what was going on yeah i got you man <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, i'll admit i'm i'm there with you <laughs> i've i've also probably seen this movie like I don't know, four or five times. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. If I watched this a second time, just just all the way yeah. through, then I I probably would have caught it. But, and I I definitely think that his directorial style kind of rewards that as well. Mm-hmm. When you watch something a couple times, you're like, oh, whoa, I didn't notice that. Which the first that makes time. sense if he's meant to to do like straight to video kind of movies that you would watch over and oh, over. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure, yeah. Sure. Totally. So we see her walking down the street with some of her friends. And they see themselves, or I guess she sees them on a missing persons poster, or at least that's how I was interpreting it. No, no, no. I think they're different. Those are the three girls that ended up getting killed in the house. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of haunted by that because she actually, she left the house and uh, they're all gone. So she knows like something happened. She wasn't there to see them get killed, Uh, but she knows that they're missing now. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a thing that they talk about. Well, it was, it was a black haired Uh, girl and two like kind of auburn haired girls. And that's exactly who she's hanging out with in that scene. So that's, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they're all wearing the, yeah, all the uniforms. uniforms too. This one girl's rocking some leg warmers. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah those are right. yeah, yeah. With the Not a good look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So she's kind of uh, with her a couple other friends, and there's like kind of a school girl thingy where it's like, oh, we're looking at the photos that people post, and Izumi's kind of sad because her photos aren't up, and they're nagging the teacher about getting them printed out, mm-hmm. and you'll see those a bit later. But she runs home, and uh, you see her mother, who you saw earlier as like when she was a little kid, um, 
pretty normal now she's like kind of a mess mm-hmm. and you see like there's like a memorial altar in their house to toyama her mm-hmm. father so you don't actually know what ended up happening to him but you know that he's not around anymore and what happens then is that uh izumi is kind of she's kind of caught with this curse and she kind of becomes like a recluse you see her looking out her window kind of like feeling like this kind of dread and uh you know that she kind of feels bad about her friends that are missing and um you kind of get the her you get her friends meeting with the teacher and getting the photos and they're like oh we're gonna take it to our friends and they go to izumi's house (laughs) and then they see like how bad things are now Mm -hmm. which is like it seems to uh I don't know, get really bad really quick because they were just with her like a little while ago. Yeah. And then when they get to the apartment <laughs> now, it's like the mom's all messed up. And then when they get to Izumi's She had room, a rush to put up all those uh, uh, newspapers, newspapers and over the windows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was working really hard. And she's like all pale and like messed up looking. So <laughs> I really like her delivery, like her scream no and they oh, like yeah. open up yeah, the... Yeah. The, the blind it's like whoa this girl like, there's she's a screaming. part so she lets him into a room and then she runs back to her bed and i was like <laughs> oh is this like a joke she's playing on him like get him in and oh, then i'm shit. gonna be all creepy to him <laughs> but uh no she's actually haunted by a she's ghost. actually haunted by a horrible monster <laughs> the, the, those two the two of her dead friends yeah <laughs> and yeah. So, so whenever the the friends leave they finally take a look at the pictures and Everyone who had been cursed by the, the the house, basically, including the missing girls and Izumi, have, like, their eyes, like, blacked out. And mm. it's really creepy. It's a really cool effect on these. And it's, like, kind of, like, I don't know, there's, like, kind of, like, an anthology film feel to this, where it's, like, this is, like, a very kind of tight little story unto itself. Yeah. yeah like, I yeah. think even if it wasn't tied to the rest of this stuff... Mm-hmm you could it kind of works on its own which is kind of cool yeah i've been uh, uh reading a lot of like Junji ito stuff lately and like oh, the way perfect. he like divides his stuff into chapters like each chapter in some of his books anyway each chapter is kind of its own self-contained story that adds up to like create uh uh uzumaki or or did you uh ever did classroom or whatever. yeah yeah um did you ever read the tomie stuff i have a copy of it um i haven't finished it and i'm afraid i won't be able i won't have time to <laughs> it's a very <laughs> well, large um, book i know that takashi shimizu directed like a tomie movie i never saw it but mm. it's like based on the junji ito stuff yeah yeah is this supposed to be good I'm not exactly sure. He's done. He's gone on to do some stuff. He actually did the live action version of Kiki's Delivery Service, which is the Jimmy <laughs> film. I didn't know that they made that. I did not either. It's weird. When did that come out? Uh, did they just see all the money like was like, uh, Disney was making with their like live action remakes uh, of uh, old cartoons? And then they wanted yeah. it on it. That's what happened. 2014. <laughs> not that long ago. And it's like and on yeah, simultaneously uh, way too recently. <laughs> well, just let me know when they do a live action remake of The Cat Returns and I'm there. 
Yeah. <laughs> Dre- I, I want the- I want them to dress up all these cats into little costumes and make them perform. Uh, oh, okay. That's, Dude, that's was- how you were taking. I was I was taking it. Is it yeah, was just I was gonna- a bunch of bad CGI cats? No, no. Nope. Like I like your idea trailer. a lot more. <laughs> no, I just want a parade of cats wearing different outfits. I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd laugh and clap my hands for the entire duration of that movie if they made it. <laughs> Miyazaki, call me up. I'll make it. I don't care. Why, I'll do it. Why? Why even remake? Oh, I don't. Don't. This is all right. Let's get back. To- <laughs> all right. So yeah, the Mortal Kombat. So why is that, uh, prequel why is that video. next last episode of Heroes Three five hours long? <laughs> yeah. I'll stop talking. So Iz- no, no. It's Izumi. <laughs> Izumi's uh, fate here is uh, she's back in the apartment and. She takes it for some reason. She's like, all right, you know what? I am going to look out these windows that I poked, that I put newspaper up on. And of course, when she looks through, she sees like the kind of like ghosts of her friends. Oh, yeah. And it becomes like a kind zombie of, movie for a second here. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's almost like a zombie film. Lost Actually, the, the music here is like pretty it cool, is. too. It's kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're clawing at the door. She's like kind of propping the door closed. But what happens is she's in the living room now and she crawls backwards towards the funeral altar. And uh, that's the perfect spot for Kayako to strike. So she, her mm-hmm. hands reach out of the altar and she kind of creepily shows up and yanks her into the altar. It's like, dang, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I like that. And a lot. then it pans slowly pans over to yeah, the that altar. Shot is really cool. And you see like these two little like pendant things with uh with Kazumi and her father's faces on them mm-hmm. just kind of hanging there. Oh, it's so good. That's funny too. It's like it's like kind of like two digital. <laughs> it looks like a like a Photoshop yeah. like, <laughs> of them in in there. <laughs> use the use the magic wand tool to <laughs> motion track, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like we're getting towards the yeah, finale. Yeah, this is the so, final segment, I believe. Yeah, we're focusing back on Rika now, and she's at her work, and this is kind of a short little scene of her handling uh, an elderly man in a wheelchair, but there's this kind of cool thing where it's like, I, I don't know, like old people can see ghosts, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know, I guess. whatever. So uh toshio is kind of hanging out with her and she doesn't know it but this old man can see and he's kind of playing peekaboo with the kid mm-hmm. and they do the thing where uh the assistant's kind of mistaking it for him and the guy old man's yeah. like get out of my face <laughs> but there's a really cool <laughs> shot where shot she's so like yeah walking towards the building and there's like a, a door a glass door with the f- reflection and you see in the reflection that mm-hmm. toshio's standing right next but to them. I love because there's no music or anything with that it's and literally yeah. if you yeah. whenever I saw it I had to be like wait wait what and and go back and, and check it again to see if that was really what I saw that was yeah yeah I wonder if that was a post effect or if they had them there and this had them run out of the run out of the shot <laughs> I could see it being that because uh earlier in the film when you get kind of the scenes where uh, there's like the scene where Kazumi's laying on the couch and they pan over to her stuff on the table and then it gets all messed up and then it pans away like it pulls back and you see like you can totally tell like they just kind of did it off camera like knock this stuff over and then pull the camera back so he was probably doing a lot of stuff like that yeah I think um 
now we get this shower scene, which is kind of like one of the more iconic mm-hmm. scenes, mm-hmm. and they uh, reprise that in the American film. Mm-hmm. So Rika's in the shower, um, and she's kind of washing her hair. And just for an instant, you see another hand on the back of her head and she reacts mm-hmm. to that. And it's like, oh, man, even even in the shower, you're not safe. From this. <laughs> <laughs> that's really yeah. messed up. Bathrooms, man. <laughs> Can't yep. trust them. Never did. That's There's why a... I've never used one. <laughs> never used them. Not nice. once. I go by I go behind my building just like nature intended. <laughs> You live in the middle of a giant city. Yep. <laughs> uh, look, when you gotta go and you, you don't trust bathrooms, you just gotta you just gotta make up your mind and commit. What'd you say? Sometimes it do be yeah, like sometimes that. Sometimes right? it do be like that. <laughs> uh, in the following scene, we have Rika. Uh, meeting up with her friend that kind of helped her out a little while ago. There's actually a funny moment in the commentary. Actually, so the the American DVD release has commentary track by Sam Raimi oh, cool. and his friend. Oh, awesome! And um, they're kind of it's funny. You, you get a little kind of juicy information out of it, but they're kind of also just like riffing on the movie because they're like goofballs mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there, there's this moment here where uh, Rika meets up with her friend outside and she, her friend's commenting on her hair. And I think Sam Raimi's like, oh, you have a new hand to go with your hair. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, I the thought it was really funny. Exchange and... <laughs> yeah but um yeah so they're meeting up for lunch and uh everything's going okay but there's a really cool uh cut here where rika's at the dinner t- well at the table and you see a shot of the cat passing by her foot and she kind of shockingly like reacts to it and then when she looks down you see toshio hiding under the table Ooh. and she like really freaks out and it's super good it's mm-hmm. very effective he's just chilling just chilling. Yeah, he's not like being malicious. Yeah, or no, anything. he's it's just actually there. Kind of like <laughs> he's just being yep. a weird little kid. Hey, you know. I'm still here. <laughs> Hi. And so that night, yep. she's just trying to just trying to get some sleep, and she has this this what we find out is a nightmare where she's surrounded by black cats in her room, mm-hmm. and I love that. Some of those cats are real. Some of them aren't. Yeah. <laughs> some of those are definitely little like statues what? of cats. Oh, that's so, awesome. I got to watch that again. Like only one cat died. Does that cat get to make <laughs> copies of of itself? Ooh. Can the can the ghost make copies of herself? Can Well, I guess the, the ghost kind of does cuz it'll like appear in different places, so. Yeah, but not at the same and, time. And sometimes Toshio will show up as a regular boy and sometimes he'll be like the ghost mm. version. It's like ghost super moves i don't know they have their own set of that's abilities. the cat superpowers I need a real... gremlins like explanation <laughs> of these ghost abilities at the beginning of the movie or i'm just not gonna buy it yeah you know what i'm thinking about is i so everybody that goes to the house dies right mm-hmm. but the the curse doesn't seem to spread outside of that but you know what if you're thinking about rules I'm thinking about that security guard. I was about guard. to say, that security that dude, guard gets got. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. dude never went to the house. Although, I will say that I kind of wondered why they changed that. I wonder if um, I wonder if Takashi Shimizu thought about that because in The Grudge, the American version, the security guard doesn't get killed. Like, you see that on nice. the video, but he doesn't get killed. So I almost wonder if he thought about that. 
That's pretty uh, great. No, these it's uh these ghosts are uh, antifa actually, and um, <laughs> oh, they're yeah, fighting against the establishment. Uh, that's fair. Uh, abuse He's of like, power. I kill people that go into this house, and also, and also the police. <laughs> <laughs> it was a political action. Mm-hmm. It was it was warranted. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so uh rika rika at home wakes up right and you have a kind of a cool shot here where it's like a panning over shot of her walking in the room and you see toshio out of focus in the mm. background it's like oh and it's you know you see her kind of react like did i just see that a lot of toshio kind like, of i'm sure this ins- this inspired a lot of these kind of games but it makes me think of a lot of those horror games where like the thing will disappear whenever you turn away from it and turn back. I feel like that's oh. like uh, there's a lot of horror games now that are like that, and I'm sh- I'm sure one of them saw this movie and was like, oh yeah, we could just do that. Yeah, or like um uh a cut of Juan where it's just a boo from Mario instead of Tokyo. <laughs> he covers his eyes when you look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, so she gets a call from her friend and they were talking about she's like a teacher and she was saying she's having like trouble with a student she was going to go to the house to visit the family but what you end up finding out is this is the curse kind of leading uh you know playing with people so you you find out that she's actually at the cursed home and uh Rika's like, oh no, like what's going on? So <laughs> she makes her way to the house and you see uh, her friend Mariko mm. and she's in the living room and you see Toshio in like his kind of normal kid form with the cat in the living mm. room. And I love whenever Rika finds out about that, she's like, it's like, oh yeah, I'm just taking care of this little kid Toshio. And she's like, no, it just starts <laughs> bolting over to the house to stop her. <laughs> <laughs> And she shows up in the house and it's like just at the moment where she's getting dragged mm-hmm. up into the attic. There's another kind of cool thing that they do a couple times where they play with like a high pitched yeah, tone. Yeah. And it kind of I guess it kind of signifies like the supernatural like stuff happening where it's like, all right, something bad's gonna happen. And um she goes upstairs and um yeah, like I said, you see her going towards the attic, and then she sees, like, the legs of her friend <laughs> being pulled up. <laughs> but this is really cool, too, because this draws her up actually into the attic, and you've got the horror trope of looking through a dark area with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see her legs kind of lead off camera, and then there's nothing. And then as she's panning over, you get to see Kayako, like, starting to creep and then she actually goes into like full like crawl mode <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like full speed kayako now <laughs> <laughs> and uh rika like runs downstairs and there's a really cool shot here to another kind of play where she it's actually interesting she like runs straight towards the camera and she's almost looking at the camera reacting because there's a mirror to the side and when she passed by it wasn't her reflection but it was actually kayako right there Mm -hmm. and um 
it's there's a weird like energy to this shot it almost feels like an fmv game to me <laughs> Where it's like you know it's like you're not supposed to like have a person look right at the camera but like <laughs> fmv games would like break those rules <laughs> but um she reacts to that and she like goes to the mirror and i don't know what it is but it this actually is kind of like a video game too where she like kind of flashes back to when she would see like uh the ghosts and and it kind of i don't know she understands that like there's a hand gesture that you do like when you're kind of holding your hands in front oh, of your face i thought it was she you could stop the ghost by playing peekaboo oh yeah maybe <laughs> it's that too <laughs> but it's weird like i don't know it it doesn't really i don't know i didn't it it's not it doesn't sell it too well mm-hmm. to me and uh but it it's kind of cool though because you get this crazy shot of Kayako, like, oh, yeah, from, from her, her yeah. shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, whoa. Yeah. Weird one. <laughs> and then uh, we get the, I like I would say, like, the, the most gory yeah. part of the film. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing where you shot. Have, yeah, it's really cool. Slow tracking shot of Kayako, like, climbing down the staircase, wrapped in plastic, covered mm-hmm. in blood. And she's looking right at the camera. And she has this... It's like fearful, but at the same time, blank look on her face. And she's like never mm-hmm. blinks. And she's like actually like kind of like pressing her face on the, like the bars of the staircase. Mm-hmm. He's wiping <laughs> off all that gray makeup yeah. onto him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do actually see like, a, a, like kind of a smudge on her nose. Like, yeah. Of you, her like you, regular skin color. Which um, and, this movie was like dvd or whatever you're never supposed to be able to see that Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and there's also like we said earlier the the kind of the foley work and the sound here is really effective so you got a combination of these snaps and these creaks but i think in this scene you kind of also kind of hear like this whimpering from kayako that's like distorted whimper and it's like really creepy and um she makes her way towards Rika, and Rika does kind of that hand gesture again. But then, right when Kayako's near her, you see it's like a face swap where she sees herself as Kayako. And this, I kind—I guess I kind of understand it as, I guess, the curse passing on to her. I, I You can interpret it different ways, I guess, but I guess that's what I thought. And they show, like, all the scenes from earlier in the film, but <laughs> instead with, like, a much, like prettier kayako because it's like this this rika's like actress is like a pop idol (laughs) she's like actually like a really cute like so like you see like it was like a a romantic montage of the the, uh uh, horror scenes from earlier in the movie like with like a it had kind of like a nostalgic twinge to it Uh, i remember all the fun we've had today (laughs) i've learned something today so now that after that's passed you get uh, Takeo, who is the husband, the murderer in all of this. Um, he's now starting to climb down the steps and he makes his way towards Rika. And you kind of get this like horror shot of him coming straight towards the camera, mm-hmm. raising his kind of bloody, his bloody hand. And uh, that's, that's all you get from mm-hmm. that. So the thing that I kind of think is all of the actions that are done by this family are kind of 
the curse is kind of reenacting what happened during the murder. So what I kind of think is like Takeo, like he like attacked Kayako and like, like viciously, like was like attacking her. And I think what happened is she was kind of crawling down the steps and this like kind of trying to get away. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you see Kayako crawling down creepily down the stairs. You think of the, like the real life situation where it's like, she's, dying and she's been like stabbed or whatever and she's trying to make her way out of the house and then you also see uh toshio the kid where you see him throughout the movie kind of crouched kind of with his hands on his knees Mm -hmm. and uh you'll see him looking through the bars on the second floor and you kind of you could kind of get the idea that he witnessed all of this Mm -hmm. happen and then the father ended up killing the kid and then whatever happened to the father. I think in the American movie, they kind of show Takeo. It's maybe it's in the sequel. They show him like being hanged instead of him dying in the street. um, (laughs) It's actually, it's, I mean, it's dark, but it's almost humorous whenever you see that because it's, it's whenever the, um, I forgot which character it is. One of the characters visits the house and sees like the flashbacks in the rooms of, of that night. And you, whenever you go to the room where you see he hung himself, he's like, keeps like he's swinging back and forth, but he keeps banging into the wall and like, Mm. and he just keeps banging into the wall. And I'm like, he would have come to a stop by that point. Right. Like, (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Here's another kind of Easter egg. That is like, I, I think that's referring to. So there's a sequel to this film that came out in 2004, still before the American mm-hmm. film. And this, the sequel's plot is basically like, there's a film crew that's like, they're like documenting like ghost houses. So the whole film crew is at this house. And then one by one, of course, this crew ends up dying. And um, there's one of the stories that I thought was really cool was there's like a girl and her boyfriend that live in an apartment. And the whole time they're at the apartment, there's like this banging like on the wall and they're like annoyed by their neighbors. But what ends up happening is it's the kind of the curse and the boyfriend like he like hangs and it was like his his noise of his feet hitting the wall the whole time that they were uh, hearing so it's like this kind of time displacement kind of twilight zone huh. kind of twist thing and um i think that that's probably why that's there in the film it's probably an easter egg mm-hmm. alluding to that cool. i believe that uh so i'm sorry he he's hit by a car in the japanese one but he hangs himself in the american one or is he hung like uh, uh like an execution thing i can't no, remember if that's well that's the thing I, at first i thought that's that's who was hanging themselves in the american one but it maybe it's mm. supposed to be a different person that died in the house or something oh but okay that, yeah not and in the japanese one it's kayako that kills him in the street mm-hmm. She like emerged as yeah, that's like yeah, the yeah. first like curse killing that she does. Oh, okay. So right, right. I guess we didn't mention it, but basically the concept is that when there's like a a murder, like in a fit of rage, or if there's like a, a strong emotion at the time of a murder, wherever the murder is, that creates a curse. So this curse lingers in this place, and whoever goes to the place is uh, kind of wrapped up in that murder, and. It, Based on what they do in this film, it's like you're kind of going to repeat what had happened, but in your own way. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
I don't know. It's it's kind of cool. And it, yeah, I I don't know. I I really enjoyed it and I I liked it again. I feel like it wasn't as scary for me this time. I don't wonder if it's because I'm trying to like mm-hmm. take notes and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I did whenever I do stuff for the show for the podcast, I'll just do like a clean mm-hmm. watch and then I'll go back and I'll do like a nerd watch where I'm like kind of pulling it apart. <laughs> I <gotcha. laughs> so I don't know if it's like the anatomy of that kind of takes me away from it, but I also would say that the the time when I was taking notes, I did like turn all the lights off and like I had my earbuds in because I was telling my <laughs> wife, I was like, I don't know if I can watch this movie with my earbuds <laughs> in. And I'm like, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to do it anyways. But it was like mm. pretty cool. I really like it. And I, I'd say like, I think the grudge, like it, it's different in its own ways, but I'm the American version, but it's still like really cool yeah. to see. And I think it's really cool that Shimizu yes, did the remake. Very cool. mm-hmm. It's definitely worth that. Is, I didn't know that. That's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, I don't know if that's happened with with anything like this before. Like uh, when Michael Haneke remade Funny Games in America, he he oh. he did a shot for shot remake of his own movie with an American <laughs> cast. Huh. Wow, that's crazy. Also, don't Google that one either. That one's also <laughs> that's also one that you don't want to you don't want you don't want to watch that one either. Um, oh, great. <laughs> All right. Well, but yeah, so that's that's you on the grudge. Well, there's one final, final oh, shot yeah. of uh, the slow zoom in mm-hmm. to uh, uh, the dead body and then her, and her eyes, eyes open. open. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they jacked that straight from the Friday the 13th series. <laughs> but that's cool. It's effective. <laughs> it's still pretty I cool. I understand. <laughs> I understand. It's a great series. Everyone should watch those. <laughs> there's nothing objectionable in those movies at all. Nah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect time of year to watch them. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they're fun. They're deeply. I'm not. I'm not gonna go into. I've been on so many tangents already. Let's say, have y'all talked about them on Swim <laughs> Fans? Because you know you're. Uh, stuff they've they've come up before, mm-hmm. but it's mostly um, comparing like the the female antagonist of erotic thriller movies to like Jason, um, <laughs> because they operate under the same logic of um, any Ooh, sort of nice. any sort of like uh, uh, societal sexual deviation from the norm is your is is met with um, severe punishment. Gotcha. Um, and so uh, uh, they're kind of the same movies, but for like quote unquote adults. Um, sorry, I'll stop. Now you're good. Yeah. Talking. Well, if no, you want to hear more about that, is... you listen to Swim Fans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And actually, uh, one of the reasons that I thought it would be cool to have you on for this Halloween themed episode is because you guys have been having a lot of fun covering a lot of horror films, and I've been enjoying it. So I hope that the listeners that are checking this episode out. Check out all of the episodes of uh, Swim Fans Bloodbath. Yes, yes. Which is what you're calling this series, which I love. And I mean, at the very least, you should listen to their Suspiria episode because uh, that movie's awesome. And I think you guys do a really great job of covering it on the podcast. Oh, thank you. It's not. It's also not a Bloodbath episode, but you should definitely check out our episode on um, The Wraith, which Carlos is on as yeah. well. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is like horror in a different way, I guess. Yeah. What if horror d- didn't try to be scary? <laughs> yeah. What if what if a horror movie was way more obsessed with the cars that were in it than actually being scary? <laughs> I also really liked the uh, indecent proposal episode. That one was super funny. Oh, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, for uh, Bloodbath, we're doing Stir of Echoes. 
Stay Alive, which is a terrible you slasher die the game. You die for real. Time. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate that movie so much. <laughs> my co-hosts are insane. That's that movie? Um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's the one with the, it's the, one with the killer uh, uh, dungeon crawler or whatever. Um, Jeez. Uh, what else? Suspiria. Uh, Urban Legend. And we close it out with uh, uh, the 2001 film Joyride starring Paul Walker and Steve Zahn. Paul Walker. Cool. Nice. So yeah. so yeah, if you if you want some more horror movie content, quality content, we're dumb. Check us out. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> I think I honestly think we have some pretty good insights. Mm-hmm. And, and, I think so too. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for checking out our show. If you want to check out more of our stuff, then you can go to uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes the Number Three Podcast on all three of them. Leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on. And I probably won't post this on the Kung Fu subreddit because this is not Kung Fu in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> oh, what are you opening this uh, this episode? Oh, with? yeah, is that's it a good question. Be Kung Fu fighting. I can it be a chip tune cover of the Monster Mash? I that actually would be really fun oh, to do. I might do that. <laughs> yeah, dude, let's do it. <laughs> nice. I love that. Oh, oh uh, I'll get cracking on that. <laughs> nice. um, uh, but our. For next week, our training, uh, Carlos, you have kind of a plan for our next little arc. Yeah, so I think that we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to use this. We're we're in Japan right now, and we're in the early 2000s. So I want to cover films from around this time that are more on the action side. And we'll get to see uh, some some pretty cool directors and some pretty cool actors that have become pretty well-known thanks to these films. And I want to start us with a 2000 film called Versus. This is directed by Ryuhei Kitamura. And it's it's awesome. I think, for me, it's kind of like... And we'll see if it it's like this, like, compared to how I remember it. I would say it's like the Japanese version of... It's like the Japanese equivalent to Evil Dead. Huh. It's like this independent <laughs> movie. It's kind of got, like, some horror elements to it, but it's more rooted in stylish action. And Ryuhei Kitamura definitely became known for the action that he's shown on film. And he's made his way over to America in uh, a form or two. So, yeah, I'm really excited to check that out, and I think we're going to have a great time with it. Awesome. Well, until next week, we're taking a look at Versus. I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. And I'm Carlos. And for this week, at least, we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network. Remember your ghost boy training. Remember your ghost boy training. (laughs) (laughs) Toshio.